can't, I don't know what that is. It's a trash truck. Is it? Yeah, I can hear the backup beeping. Yeah, it's, it's been going on it's forever. Over there. No, it's not a trash truck though. What is it? It's like a striping vehicle or something. Oh, you're right. It's a cherry picker. Oh my lord, it's been going on forever. I bet they're over there to do a drug deal. <laughs> Your drug deal guy is, is over there. I know, he was there when I pulled up. Yep. I'm telling you, shady, shady, shady. <laughs> He's there every week. Every week. With you, the sun is shining 24-7. Cause when we're together, it feels like we're in heaven. If it will get dark, you'll be my million stars. I know I can lean on Welcome you. to episode 17 of Delete This History, a podcast by two besties of a certain age searching for answers. We're your hosts, Bria Brown and Kara Birch. Howdy ho. <laughs> Hi. It's <laughs> a new one. I just called you a hoe. Sh- shaking it up. Yeah. Christmas is less than a week away. And ah! everybody's hearing this. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays. We won't talk to you. You won't hear our dulcet tones until after the break or after Christmas, after the actual day. That's what I'm trying to say. (laughs) (laughs) On Boxing Day. Now, this one airs on the 19th, though, right? So they'll hear us before Christmas. Correct. But after this episode that I'm talking about here, this is the last episode that they'll hear us. Before Christmas. Before Christmas. Got it? Me confused. That's all right. Sean and I were talking about two different kinds of pork today. <laughs> the same exact thing happened. We're... Saying the same thing, sort of? Sort of. So I was thinking about pulled pork that we have in our refrigerator. Uh-huh. He was talking about a brisket uh-huh. that is beef. But for whatever reason, I had... I associated brisket with the pulled pork. We were having two full conversations and making full plans with separate pieces of meat. <laughs> it's the meeting of the meats. I was like, oh my gosh, this is gonna this is how our life is gonna be for months. Like we're so our brains are overwhelmed with so much yeah. that it's just nuts. Yeah. But we finally meted in the middle. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I'm glad you guys got that straightened out. Yeah, it was super important, too. Mm-hmm. It was a really long conversation about something that did not matter at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lots of those going on right now. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Um, I wanted to warn you about Legos. You know, we talked about Legos a lot last week. Yeah. And just a warning to you, be careful when you start purchasing sets. Okay. If they are not Lego brand. Correct. They Mm -hmm. may not be great. Correct. I fell into that trap one time. What'd you buy? So it was a beautiful Japanese, um, like it was an actual temple in japan uh-huh. and this was obviously a lego i'm using my air quotes yeah replica yes. and it was awesome like the detail it was yeah. so and i didn't even think about it i was just like i 
I have to have that. Yeah. It was a piece of crap to put together. And like some of the pieces wouldn't click together and like they would fall off. Yes. And you'd have to keep putting it back on and then it would fall off or they were, they wouldn't fit together at all. And we had to like chisel the holes bigger to make the pieces fit. So just a fair warning. While Lego brand is more expensive. Yeah. There's a reason for that. Correct. So I just wanted to give you a warning because... Yeah, we have encountered that. Okay, okay. With kids. You know, yes. you think, oh, we'll just get them the cheapy ones. And yeah, they don't work as well. They just don't work as well. Now, the Japanese temple was really cool once we got it put together. Sean, I thought he was going to throw that thing across the room. We hated it so much and we were so mad at it. I took it to the botanical garden. Oh, yeah. And because they have like a display there for the Japanese stroll garden. Yeah. And I was like, if you want this, you can have it. I said, I'm leaving it here. I'm not taking it with me. And I said, if you want to throw it in the trash as soon as I walk out of here, it's all yours. But I said, if you want to use it as a decoration, it's all you. And they took it. It may be in the trash. I don't know. I'm going to go there. And see if they still have it. What else do you want to talk about? I did something drastic this week. What? I signed up for a free trial of Apple Music. Did you? Streaming service. (gasps) Streaming service. Peyton is going to be so proud of you. He was the first person I thought of when I hit free trial. (laughs) (laughs) You have entered the 21st century. It's awesome. Yeah. Not that I thought it was going to be lame or anything, but the reason I did it, Uh in my old car, I had satellite radio. Oh, yes. Uh I don't have that option in Iris. Correct. And I've really been missing satellite radio. Really? Yeah. I listened to it constantly. Hmm. So I thought, I'm going to try this free trial and just see how it goes. I have used the crap out Uh of it. Of course, I want to get my money's worth out of my 30-day free trial. Correct. (laughs) Well, but I, I'm using it all the time. I mean, whatever streaming service you end up using for music, it really is cool. It is. I use YouTube Music. Mm-hmm. I've used Amazon Music before. Yeah. I've used Spotify, mm-hmm. Pandora. I did use Pandora a few years ago. There's no commercials. There's no there's yeah. none of that BS. Well, I told Apple Music to just play me traditional holiday music. It had such a wide variety of what they consider traditional. Yeah. And when they say, when I'm saying traditional, Apple brought up like, you know, from like 50s, 60s, Mm -hmm. 70s, you know, that kind of traditional, not like carols. So many songs that I've never heard before that are really, really good. Yeah. I've enjoyed it so much. Cool. Anyway, you guys, I'm like hip and mod. Oh my gosh. It's 2024. (laughs) I have trouble with commitment, you know, (laughs) and I get it. I mean, that's a frivolous, it's a frivolous charge every month. You know what I mean? What's the point of living if you don't have the things that make your life more enjoyable? I agree. That's just how I look at it. And that's why I have no money. (laughs) So (laughs) That's why this week I said to Clint, do not use the debit card. Here, use this card I got from work as a as a reward card. Oh. 
You can have it. If you need anything this week, including gasoline for your car, this is what you use. Oh, Christmas time is so tight. Because mommy uh, miscalculated something. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Like, I don't know who decided that I should be in charge of our finances when we got married. I don't know how that felt to me. Mm -hmm. But that was a mistake. (laughs) Anyway... That's not what this podcast is about. No, this podcast Mm -hmm. is about. (laughs) Did (laughs) you remember? What is this podcast about? Oh, hang on a minute. Look at my rundown. Um, This podcast is about. Oh, it's about our week's worth of internet search histories. Correct. And how do we kick that off? With the reading of the lists. Correct. I really loved how last week I sang it the interstitial. Perfectly. Exactly. I laughed out loud when I previewed it. It made me laugh too because I'd forgotten that you did it. And I was like, I hadn't even gotten to you singing that yet. And yeah. I was like, okay, I need to plug in the interstitial here. And then it lined up and I laughed really hard. <laughs> like I'm so leaving that uh, in there. We're so entertaining to ourselves. Yeah. The reading of the list this week is kicked off by me. You. Because it is... Weirdo week. So, here we go. My list for this week is... Mm -hmm. Havarti cheese. Oh, yum. A thirst trap. Protestant nun. (gasps) Ambrotypes. Humus. Not to be confused with hummus. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's your list? My list is, I only have four. Okay. It's kind of, they're kind of short, too, so I apologize. Oh, good. <laughs> Easy editing. It will be. <laughs> Number one, jerk water. Number two, what is a haymaker punch? Do you know what that is? No. Okay. Number three, round sung in You've Got Mail. Number four, documentary too funny to fail that's it okay okay Bree is contemplating something she's mulling it over but uh-huh. i don't know what she's thinking about okay Mm-mm. i'm ready <laughs> i just had a moment i went into a fugue state <laughs> <laughs> you totally did i was like hey mm-hmm. yep. Over there. i'm here okay we okay <laughs> I was really thinking about what you said. <laughs> and I couldn't think and operate at the same time. <laughs> she did. Like, like the system shut down for a second. Boom. It was like. <laughs> Reboot. The older I get, the worse it is. Like, I really cannot do more than one thing at once. And sometimes that one thing is breathing. What are we going to do now? Oh. Well, now that I've rebooted my system, it's time to play a little game we like to call (gasps) Search Me, where we each pose one question to each other and see if we can answer based only on the reading of the list. This is so fun. It is my favorite game. Yep, me too. And today you are playing for... Yes, 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 yes. These two button pins, one of which says... (laughs) 
like a coffee cup with rainbows coming out of it. And it says... Existential dread. Existential dread. Oh, my gosh. And then the other one is a big E. Mm-hmm. And it says empathy and then something else. A below. little goes a long way. That's correct. Oh, my gosh. I love these. They will go perfectly on my pen board. Yes. Your question today is, which search was part of yet another table time discussion with my family while I devoured a delicious veggie cheeseburger. Yum. All right, let's see. You like veggie burgers? I like veggie burgers. I don't like black bean burgers. Oh, really? Hmm, okay. I think they are disgusting. That's but what I, I was eating. I was eating a spicy black bean oh, cheeseburger. I just don't like them. Mm-hmm. But I like black beans. So, I don't know. That's weird, Karen. It's super weird. I'm going to go with... Havarti cheese. That is correct. (gasps) Yeah. Do you know where Havarti originated? I do not. Please tell me. Denmark. Oh. Mm -hmm. All right. Now there's a bit of a debate about who first made Havarti cheese. Okay. Like there are inventors of cheese. (laughs) We knew one. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) He put it on his resume. But the Oxford companion to cheese... It is oh, a thing. Oh, my gosh. Says that Hanna Nielsen, a Danish cheesemaker in Havartigard, oh. hence the cheese's name, invented it in the 19th century. However, the Danish biographical lexicon, whoa, or in the mother tongue, and my apologies to the Danish people, <laughs> Donk's Biographisk Lexicon. That's good. Thanks. Says that the current form of Havarti, the creamy, smooth slices that I was enjoying on my veggie burger, is not based on her cheese making. Oh. So they take exception to that. But anyway, they do credit her with the creation of other types of cheeses. And she was an innovator in new production methods. Regardless, Havarti is a very popular cheese. It is in the Birch House. Yes, we love it too. Mm-hmm. Where do you think the most Havarti cheese is currently produced outside of Denmark? Hint. Oh, yes, I'll take a hint. They're famous for losing their heads over cheese. Wisconsin? Correctamundo. Hey. So, outside of Denmark, Wisconsin is the largest producer of Havarti cheese. Yes. So, is it... By far. Different from how... There's some big controversy. I didn't want to get into the weeds about this whole controversy in the EU. And it might have been solved by now because this was like back in 2019. But Denmark was basically trying to prevent anybody else from claiming that their cheese was Havarti cheese. Oh, okay. Kind of like France did with champagne. Mm -hmm. Like you can't call it champagne unless... It is grown in the Champagne region mm-hmm. in France. Um, so Denmark was kind of going through a, a similar thing. Like, listen, it has to be made with Danish milk from Danish cows that or is, it isn't Havarti. That's when you're serious about your cheese. Yeah. But then other people like who make a lot of money from Havarti, uh-huh. they make a lot of cheddar. 
they were like, sorry, no. Havarti is generic enough of a type of cheese. Gotcha. That it shouldn't matter. And okay. I don't know where that landed. Hmm. Well, obviously, it landed with Denmark not getting their way because... Everybody's still making yeah, Havarti. Everybody's still doing it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I love Havarti. Man, it is so good. Yeah. Yay. It's delicious. I'm taking these pins. Okay. Okay. My sources about Havarti were Wikipedia, obviously. Danish Biographical Lexicon. The Oxford Companion to Cheese. WisconsinCheese.com. And PerishableNews.com. Those are all very interesting sources. Aren't they? Your turn. All right. Today, your prize is not edible. <gasps> yes. But it smells delicious. Oh, good. And I'm 97% sure that you did not give me this the first time around. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I almost gave you something today <laughs> as your prize. And I was like, wait a second. Did she give this to me? And you know what? It's okay. If we pass them back and forth, that's even funnier. I completely agree. Okay. But I'm pretty sure someone else gave this to me. Okay. I hope they don't listen. I think they do. Oh, no. This is a beautiful <gasps> limoncello candle. Yes. <laughs> with a fancy handle. It does have a fancy. It's leather. Leather handle. Do you want to smell it? Oh, and then it's got a little note inside. Oh. Limoncello. Oh, my gosh. It just wafts. You haven't it even. It wafts out. Yeah, it's not, not been burned oh, at all. I love it. And it's not because I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Sean won't stop buying Yankee candles. Every time he sees one on sale that we like, he buys it. We have a back stock. Like, I could start a candle store. What's his deal? Stop buying candles. He's like a candle prepper. He is. (laughs) He's a candle prepper. So, this one, I'm just going to give up on, you know, ever ever getting to use it. Yay. Okay. Up for grabs. So... Which of my searches resulted from reading a poorly written AP news article? Documentary Too Funny to Fail. Oh. I'll give you one more guess. Okay. What is a haymaker punch? It, that's correct. Okay. <laughs> what is a haymaker punch? Yes. Um, I've heard this term. Yeah. Obviously. I've heard of it, but I've never understood what it is. Okay. I'm about to tell you. Good. All right. Whoever wrote this article, I hope that they're getting better. Like, I hope that their writing improves. It was terrible. (laughs) We all got to learn somewhere. (laughs) Anyway, this article was about two people being arrested for assaulting each other in a parking lot. Mm -hmm. Um, This is somewhere in Kansas. I can't remember where. The officer that showed up was a female officer. So it was a man and a woman that were fighting each other. Mm Mm-hmm. The officer made the man go sit in their car, and she was patting down the female. Okay. The female suddenly turned around and started punching the officer in the face and then shoved her to the ground, and the officer hit her head. So at that point, the guy jumps out of the car and starts punching the officer several times in a haymaker fashion in the head and the upper body. Now, before I get to what that means, just a little taste of the writing from this okay. article. Oh, gosh. My teeth are already on edge. <laughs> you haven't even read anything. The man then, quote, 
attempted to get into the officer's patrol car but was not able to drive it away due to a different gear shift in the patrol car that it had. Gomez and David got back into their car and drove it off but in the process ran over the officer's left foot while reversing and ran it over again while driving forward. Mm. That is terrible writing. First of all, it's just such a run-on sentence. Yes. Like, you're taught in journalism classes that it is one idea per sentence. I love that they use the word patrol car twice in one sentence. Attempted to get into the officer's patrol car, but was not able to drive it away due to a different gear shift in the patrol car. It's like... The sentence is so rambly. It's like word salad. It's terrible. It's it's awful. It, do they not have an editor? I don't know. Anyway, this whole article made me nuts. But I digress. Okay. According, according to EvolveMMA.com. <laughs> that's where I went. A haymaker style punch is typically a hook that is pulled back and unleashed with the entire momentum of a boxer's twisting body. It is designed to end the fight when it lands. The punch follows a wider trajectory than most punches used in moving and travels a longer distance, giving opponents a lot of time to react to it. So they've probably already got to be a little woozy. Right. Like maybe they've taken a hit to the head and then you're like, this is my chance. Whip out the haymaker. Right. It is called a haymaker because the wide arc of the punch is similar to the arc of a scythe when used to cut hay. Okay. So this article said that this guy climbed out of the car. Starts wailing on the car. Yes. In haymaker fashion to the head and torso. She is okay, but she was beat so badly. Like she And her foot was run over. Went to the hospital. Yep. Twice. Her foot was run over twice. This poor woman. Forward and backward. I, These people are morons. Tell me they were intoxicated. I ha I don't know. That article did not um I mean they had they to had to been. be. I found a follow up article about this woman that while she was in jail after this incident, yeah. she tried to kill another inmate. I guess she was in the cafeteria and she broke some glass or something and she stabbed the woman in the throat, but it didn't kill her. Oh my God. And that article said that she admitted, she's like, yeah, I was trying to kill her and I would do it again. <laughs> I mean, it's like, okay. This woman be wild and she, uh, I don't know. So anyway, this guy too. I mean, good Lord. Yeah. It was a thing. You can't beat up cops. Mm -mm. You get in real big trouble for that. You can't even like take a swing at a cop. You can't. You just pretty much don't touch a cop. I mean, it's like NFL football rules. Like you throw a punch, yeah. you're out. And I mean, it's big time charges. Assault oh, on yes. an officer. Oh, yes. They do not like that. Mm -mm. They don't like their own medicine. I'm just saying. My sources were EvolveMMA.com. Associated Press, and Quora.com. Okay. Well, I hope that she recovers. That's terrible and terrifying. Yes. And I really hope those people get some anger management therapy. It is needed. Now that we've shared a couple of our topics in the Search Me game, it's time to move on to a, a segment we call Shared History. As friends, you and I have a vast shared history. 20 years and counting. Yes, ma'am. So now... 
we're going to share another kind of history. Our internet search histories for the week. All right, I go first. Do it, do it. Let's talk about thirst trap. I just took a drink of water, so (laughs) that's appropriate. I know. I heard a podcaster use this term, and it was kind of used in the context of like clickbait. Oh, okay. But I still did not understand because I'm old. I don't get the young person lingo. I don't either. So, obviously, I looked it up. Because I didn't want to start using it then and start saying things I don't know. And I'm real glad I looked it up. Because a thirst trap is a photograph such as a selfie or video shared for the purpose of attracting attention or desire. I, yeah. Mm -hmm. It can also be used to describe a person like we used to use the word heartthrob. Yes. Only in a more sexual context. Okay. So if you were talking about somebody who had a lot of nude scenes in a movie, or you got to see somebody's schlong in Game of Thrones or whatever, Mm -hmm. you might say, uh, Thirst Trap, Jamie Lannister. Oh, so it's a label. Correct. A label that you can put on a person like... I see. So-and-so is such a thirst trap. I don't like that. Me neither. I don't like any of it. (laughs) I feel dirty. (laughs) But the history of the phrase is a lot less lusty. Okay. Thank goodness. Originally, it was used to describe the feeling of satisfaction during exercise after drinking a small amount of liquid without fully rehydrating the body. So thirst trap originally was used in terms of exercise when you're feeling dehydrated You've sweated a lot, you take a drink, and you feel satisfied by that one drink. But you have not replenished your liquids. So that drink is the thirst trap. Correct. Okay. It makes you think that you've quenched your thirst. Yes. And you have not. Okay. Do you happen to know when that term was coined? Yes. Oh, excellent. The first known use of the more literal term, the exercise term, Uh was 2011. Oh, okay. And my source is Merriam-Webster. For this. I used Merriam-Webster this week, too. But this whole thing about thirst trap in the sexual context. Oh, man, I'm going to sound so old and so curmudgeonly when I say this. Let's hear it. But I am so sick of seeing selfies of people where they are acting sexy. It's like we used to make fun of that. Mm-hmm. Duck lips. Duck lips or even before that, like way before that, like. Uh, you know, be pouty or what, you know, like with glamour shots or whatever. It'd be like, (laughs) what did the photographer tell this person to do? Right. Be pouty or think about sexy times or whatever. It seems like the majority of people nowadays, especially on social media, which is where you see it, obviously, That's the only way they know how to take a selfie is to make themselves look sexual or brooding or like the, you know, the blue steel or whatever. It's so fake. It makes me think they're dumb. Like, oh, right. Why are you doing that? Just take a normal picture of yourself. (sighs) You know what? Our selfie today should be brooding. Oh, yeah. We're going to totally do blue steel. We're going to sex up. In my t-shirt that goes all the way up to my neck. Like it's not, it's not even like a V-neck or anything. Mine is too. 
too. Mine gonna, goes all the way up. I'm just going to pull it way down. Oh, I could do this. Look. Oh, yeah. mine is, we could do, oh, I could show yes. some shoulder. There you go. I could even show my bra You could. Oh, my gosh, Kara. It's black. You're such a thirst strap right now. I know. Thirst strap. <laughs> you moved your S. <laughs> I like thirst strap. Thirst better. straps. You're such a thirst trap. See, I, it's not even fun to say. I was like, wow, I, I can go my whole life without ever, A, using that term. Me too. Or, and or, hearing it. Like, I just, oh my gosh. What is going on? The world is burning around us. <laughs> you are old. That's what this is coming from. It's just your age. It's, and it's just so shallow and so contrived. Yes. And so, and it's like. Think of the people that were our age or older in the 80s, though. You know, this is just, it just is generational and it goes through different iterations. Yeah. yeah. But I, I am in complete agreement with you. But I think it's our age. It feels awful. You just get to a point where it's like. I don't know. You you just start to realize that there's so much more to life than that. Yes. And there's so much more at stake than that. Yep. And I'm not trying to steal anybody's joy or, but it's just like, can we please, can we please focus on something a little deeper than blue steel? <laughs> And how sexy can I look in this picture? And yes. what filter can I put on this picture? So much effort goes into looking amazing. Just take that effort and funnel it into something worthwhile. Oh, man. It's so shallow. Maybe if I was skinny and beautiful and had <laughs> well, luscious, full hair and nice skin, I might feel that way more. But I it's, just don't care. I really hope that this is not coming from a place of jealousy of me saying, you know, saying this or being disgusted with this because I'm just jealous. I don't think I so. I really hope that, it, like, I'm saying this with love, people. Take fewer selfies. Karen and I have to do one a week. And I hate every minute of it. And I dread it every week. Yep. I've got a funny story for you. Let's hear it. So I can't wear waterproof mascara because I'm a delicate flower. Right. But it has something in it that makes my eyes itch like crazy, and yeah. I can't wear it. Yeah. But they changed the formula on the mascara I've been using uh -oh. for forever. And it used to be just fine. Like, the only time it would ever come off my eyelashes is if I cried mm -hmm. or, you know, if I slept with my mascara on. Mm -hmm. But they changed the formula. And lately, I've noticed... Halfway through the day, I'll look at myself in the mirror like while I'm washing my hands or whatever. I'll just glance up and I will have black eyelash marks under my eyes. Oh, my gosh. And I look insane. <laughs> <laughs> and so today I went to the grocery store early in the morning and I came home and I relaxed for a little while, listened to a podcast, ate some lunch, went into the bathroom to go to the bathroom before I came here to podcast, washed my hands, glanced up. I have no idea when this happened. <laughs> I had black eyelash marks, like, like all the way under my eyes. What in the world? I don't know. I'm going to have to switch brands. 
it looked like I put it on, didn't wait for it to dry, yeah. and then blink, 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 like blink. Yeah. not just blinked, but squeezed my eyes shut. That's how much was on my face. So it sounds like it's not drying. <laughs> <laughs> so I walked around in the world like that today, I think. Oh, man. Oh, man. Anyway, see, that's what you take selfies of. Yes. That's exactly. what you take a selfie of. You take a selfie of that. I wish I had thought about it. Because everyone can relate to that. You just take a selfie and you say, look at this train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> if you saw this person out in the wild, what would you do? <laughs> this is not your station train wreck. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway. That is hilarious. And here endeth the lesson. Thirst trap. Oh. Okay, I've learned something. We have, whether we like it or not. All right. Would you like to hear why I searched the round sung in You've Got Mail? Yes. What is the round sung in You've Got Mail? Well, that's what I was searching. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. I hadn't watched this movie in a really long time. And I love this movie. It's so charming. And I was... I wanted something on in the background because I was taking down fall decorations, putting up a few Christmas decorations. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do I want to watch? I didn't want to watch a straight up Christmas movie because I was mm-hmm. still basking in my fall decor that I love. Yeah. And then it popped into my head that um, You've Got Mail starts in the fall. Yes. Bouquet of sharpened pencils. <laughs> <laughs> New York in the fall. And then it kind of continues through the seasons to spring. I'll put that on. It's perfect. It hit fall. It hit Christmas. Blah, blah, blah. So then I got to the scene that's either Thanksgiving or Christmas, one or the other. And the Meg Ryan character and all of her friends are singing this round together. And Birdie is playing the piano while they sing it. Yes. Do you remember this? Because uh, vaguely. The clarinet, the clarinet goes dooley, 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 dead. That's part yeah, of the round. Okay, yeah. The horn. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> the horn. <laughs> that part always makes me laugh so hard. Greg Kinnear trying to sing. Oh. Anyway, so you've got like four or five parts. It's yes. such a charming little song. Yes. And I thought, there's a group that I sing with at work twice a year. So mm-hmm. we sing Christmas, and we do a little Christmas concert, and then we do a little patriotic concert around Flag Day. Uh-huh. And I thought this would be a cute little song for us to do on the holiday concert. Oh, yeah. And so I looked it up. It's called The Instrument Song. It's so creative. <laughs> <laughs> there are a few different versions of it. Okay. So some of the words are different. Mm-hmm. Some of them have four parts. Some have five parts. Um, the tunes could be a little bit different. But it's out there. And um, if anyone is interested in singing that at the holidays with your friends or your family, just look it up. Now, why is it considered a holiday song? Um, it's kind of like, well, I don't know. Maybe it's not a holiday song, but I think it it talks about bells ringing and joy and like it's just kind of a okay, mm-hmm. like it's just a happy song. Now you're making me. Doubt myself. Everything you've ever thought you've known. (laughs) (laughs) 
I guess I associated it with the holidays because it was sung around the holidays on that movie. Correct. So that movie has just completely informed your entire... It really has, I guess. But it would work Mm -hmm. for holidays because, I mean... Hmm. Hmm. The horn. <laughs> the horn. It sounds so forlorn. Um, hmm. You've really, I've gotten because to a fugue if, state. If it's really like, if it's really just about instruments, the instrument song, it could be sung any time of year. Why are you harshing on my jam here? I'm, I'm really not trying to. I Actually, it was a legitimate question. <laughs> Is it a holiday song? I understand, but now you're like <laughs> really messing with me. Now I've got to look it up. I'm so sorry. Do you know how nice... It is in my brain when I'm just thinking the things that I want to think. Well. And then somebody comes in. I know that feeling. (laughs) The instrument song. Lyrics. We're going to find out right now. The violins ringing, the lovely singing. The violins ringing, the lovely song. The clarinet, the clarinet makes dooly, 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 (laughs) debt. The clarinet, the clarinet makes dooly, 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 debt. The horn. The, <laughs> the horn. horn. <laughs> Sounds so forlorn. The horn, the horn. Sounds so forlorn. The trumpets are sounding. Ta, 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 ta. Repeat. The timpani's two notes, it's always the same note. Those are all the words. At least to this version. It sounds like something you would learn how to sing like in music class. Uh, yeah. This says it's a German folk song. And it may be just a, you know, hey, kids. Here's one that says, the horn, the horn awakes me at morn. Oh. That one's not nearly as fun as Greg Kinnear. (laughs) The horn. Sounds so forlorn. (laughs) You're 100% right and you've ruined it for me forever. I'm sorry. It's fine. I'm sorry. It's fine. So which movie do you like better? Sleepless in Seattle. Change the subject. Or You've Got Mail. That is tough. Can I love them equally? You can, sure. I love them equally. I love Sleepless in Seattle much more. Horses, 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 horses. <laughs> what about Walter? What? <laughs> oh my god, it's one of my favorite parts. And then she eats a Cheeto. What about Walter? Crunch. She, she is the best in that movie. Mm-hmm. It's such a good movie. I'm going to have to watch that one. Oh, I am. No, that's a holiday movie. It totally is. So, the horn. It sounds so <laughs> forlorn. So you figured that out. Yeah. The round sung in You've Got Mail. Mm-hmm. What, what were your sources? My sources were Beth's Music Notes and IMDb. Oh, very nice. Now I kind of want to watch that movie. now Brea Brown. Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. <laughs> you bring the reality. My next search is <laughs> Protestant Nun. I'm glad that you searched this. I'm hoping it's going to go the way I think it's going to go. So remember when we were talking about Call the Midwife? Yep. And neither of us could be sure if there was a thing as a Protestant nun. Yep. Well, I kind of, you know, etch a sketch brain. Totally forgot about that. Same. 
but I'm currently reading All the Light We Cannot See. <gasps> yes. Which is a bug squasher. Oh. It is a big, big book. I mean, it's on Kindle, so it's the same size as all the books I read. But it is taking me forever. <laughs> to get, I'm not even halfway through it, and I've been reading it forever. Mm. It's an excellent book, though. But one of the characters in the book is Frau Elena, who runs a German orphanage, and she's described as a Protestant nun. Okay. So, I highlighted the phrase in my Kindle, and I searched the web, and what's one of the first things that popped up? Lutheran nun. Protestant nun. Uh, nuns. Call the midwife. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to end the agony. <laughs> Call the midwife. The nuns in that show are not Catholic. No shit. They're Anglican. Oh, yes. The consultants. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The consultants to the show are a group of seven Anglican sisters from the community of St. John the Divine. Also, mostly in Europe and Africa, there are Lutheran and Methodist nuns. So there are Lutheran nuns. There are. And Methodist nuns. Uh-huh. <gasps> but not in America. Right before I met Sean, I was like... I give up. I'm becoming a Lutheran nun. Before you met Sean, how old were you when you met Sean? 19? <laughs> you were already. I was done. Wow. Like, I, And I wouldn't date him for a year. I was like, no, I'm done. I'm not dating anymore. Wow. He stuck with it. Who hurt you? <laughs> a lot of guys. <laughs> Bunch of idiots. By 19 to already be that yeah. fed up I'm that just... you were like, I'm just going to go be a nun. Yeah. And I thought I was making that up. I thought becoming a Lutheran nun was, a, you know, I thought I was making that up and creating You're not. a Lutheran nunnery. Mm-mm. But okay. you wouldn't have been able to stay here. That's okay. I can travel. Have habit, will travel. <laughs> Fun fact, Nanata's house still exists in real life, but not in the East End of London, currently in Birmingham, England. Okay. Full of nuns? Yes. Anglican nuns. Are they still midwives? No. Okay. No more chummies. Mm. Now, you can really get into the weeds about the differences between Protestant and Catholic nuns and the subdivision of nuns versus sisters in the Catholic faith. There's a difference. Oh, I didn't know that. There is. Oh, no kidding. So nuns are cloistered. Meaning that they are separated from society, blah, blah, blah. That's what I was looking for. Okay. And... Sisters are not. They are out in the community serving. But they still take holy orders. I had no idea. See? I just learned. You just blew my mind. Yeah, I was looking for the cloistered situation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, all those differences between what Protestant nuns have to do to become nuns. And there are even married nuns. Very rare. But... That's for a different podcast, not this one. Wow. And my sources were the blog Nun Talk (laughs) on a nunslife.org and Christianity FAQ. Okay. Oh, thanks for sharing that. You're very welcome. I'm going to talk about jerk water. (laughs) I cannot (laughs) wait. I was reading something. Uh This word was used. Can I remember what I was reading? No, of course not. Oh, poop. Sorry. But they were referring to a jerkwater town. Now, I've heard backwater towns. Yes. 
So I looked both of these up to compare. Because mm-hmm. I had a feeling they were about the same. According to CollinsDictionary.com, backwater is a place that is isolated or remote. And if you refer to a place as backwater, you're thinking it's not developing properly uh, because it is so isolated from ideas and events in other places. Okay. All right. Collins Dictionary states that jerkwater, the noun, is a train on an early branch railroad, and jerkwater, the adjective, means small or unimportant. Okay. Now, I went to Merriam-Webster to get a little more information. And according to Merriam-Webster, the boilers on early locomotives needed to be refilled with water frequently, and water tanks were few and far between. So as a result, the small trains that ran on these rural branch lines often had to stop and take on water from local supplies. Such trains were commonly called jerkwaters, from the motion of jerking the water up in buckets from the supply on the ground to the engine. Oh, okay. The derogatory use of jerk water for things unimportant or trivial reflects the fact that these jerk water trains typically ran on lines connecting small, middle-of-nowhere towns. Okay. So pretty much the same as backwater. Yeah. But it seems like backwater, according to Collins Dictionary, is a little more unadvanced. Provincial. Yes. Not just off the beaten path and small, but also small-minded. Mm-hmm. Has that kind of a connotation. Which I think jerkwater probably could too, but I don't feel like it read that way. Mm-mm. So there you go, the difference between jerkwater and backwater. I'm going to start calling people jerkwater. <laughs> Have you seen that meme that says, I found a new way to greet my friends or say goodbye to my friends? Mm-mm. And it's a picture of a plastic bag. And the plastic bag just says, stay fresh cheese bag. <laughs> stay fresh cheese bag. <laughs> I've seen it a thousand times on Instagram, and it makes me laugh every time like I've never seen it before. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. Stay fresh, cheese bag. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what made me think of that. Oh, you were going to call people jerk water. Yeah, jerk water, especially my family. (laughs) (laughs) All right, photographer lady. Yeah. Do you know what an ambrotype is? It's a photographic process on glass Introduced in the early 1850s. Mm. The ambrotype quickly grew in popularity because it maintained the image clarity of the daguerreotype, an earlier process on silver-plated copper, invented in 1839, but it was faster and cheaper to produce. Ambrotypes were primarily used for portraiture. Yes. They were introduced in the 1850s and are commonly called collodion positives. Because you're creating a positive photo on glass by a variant of the wet plate collodion processes. Wow. Yeah. After the positive image is created, the dark background is put in place behind the image so that you can see all of the highlights, shadows, and details in the positive image. Similar to prints on paper, ambrotypes are viewed by reflected light 
and are unique originals, meaning that they can only be duplicated by using a camera to copy it. Oh. This is the same with various other forms of photography as well, such as Polaroid photos, daguerreotypes, and more. I saw this word in All the Light We Cannot See. Aha. Uh-huh. They were talking about an ambrotype. And I was like, what in the beepity beep beep? Okay. That's interesting. And I have a picture for you to see. Oh, yes. It looks like Nick Offerman. It is Nick oh. Offerman. <laughs> There's an amber type of Nick Offerman. Oh, my god! That I found. That is a cool photo. Taken by Giles Clement. Obviously, there were lots of pictures like Civil War era portraits, family portraits, things like that, mm-hmm. that were shown as examples. But then I came across this picture and I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so there are photographers even nowadays who are experimenting with that process. I would like to see that whole process from beginning to end. I bet you could find a YouTube video of somebody doing it. I'm trying to imagine how thick this glass plate is. And I like I can't mm. get into my head. I yeah, I may have to look that up. That Interesting. is that. My sources were National Portrait Gallery USA, Library of Congress, filtergrade.com. All right, this is my last search. Because I didn't search much this week. Okay. Documentary, Too Funny to Fail, The Life and Death of the Dana Carvey Show. Do you remember the Dana Carvey Show? The Dana? Dana Dana Carvey Show. Yes. I've seen this um, documentary as well. You have? It's so good. Mm -hmm. I want to watch it again. I enjoyed it so much. If anybody's interested, right now this documentary is on Hulu. That's where I saw it. The Dana Carvey Show... Started in 1996 and ended in 1996. And part of the reason that I knew about it like this much is because I was still living at home. Yep. And my parents really sheltered what television we saw. But this documentary, Too Funny to Fail, is really good. And we watched this a few weeks ago and it popped into my head this week again And I did a little bit of research on it just because I was so interested in it. Mm -hmm. And this is why. The writers and actors, and these are just a few of the people, but these are the main ones, were Dana Carvey, Steve Carell, Stephen Colbert, Robert Smeagol, Louis C.K., Bill Schott, Heather Morgan, Colleen Dunn, and among others. But these are the main folks. That is a serious group of people. Yeah. Of course, back in 1996... They were not. They were just no-names. Yeah, they were just people, um, which I think was super funny. But they were all so excited about this show and the opportunities, and it just didn't pan out. This was on ABC in primetime, mm-hmm. and I guess that was part of the problem, is they really wanted to push the envelope on this and break away from Saturday Night Live and kind of the constraints that they had, even, you know, in the safe harbor hours. But I guess it just wasn't working out, and people didn't quite understand it, especially at first. Mm-hmm. I won't give away the whole documentary, but, I mean, you know the show doesn't <laughs> last. Um, yeah, 1996 to 1996. They didn't even get to air the final episode. Yeah. ABC just was like, no, we're done with you. We're pulling the plug, yeah. And they aired i think what did they i can't remember it doesn't matter oh it was something i feel like it was another like a rerun of home improvement or 
it was something kind of insulting. Yeah, I was about to say it was a real slap in the face. Yeah. Like we'd rather air this than your last episode. Yes. Like, come on, ABC. Like you could. It was already produced. You yeah. couldn't air it. It doesn't make any you, sense. It's to already me. produced. You've already paid for it. Yes. Dumb. Anyway, here were some of the famous people that made cameos on this show: Phil Hartman, Jan Hooks, Carol Channing. David Letterman, Tony Randall, Penn Gillette, John Glazer, Selma Blair, Jeremy Piven. Jeremy Piven. Oh, do you like Jeremy Piven? I don't dislike Entourage. him. Entourage. <laughs> well, he's, he, just he's an overactor. Stupid. Is that what you're saying? Okay, Jeremy Piven. Abe Vigoda, Isaac Hayes, Ellen DeGeneres, Regis Philbin, and Paul Schaefer, to name a few. They all make cameos on this show. Of How did it? How did it not make it? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. This is the other thing that made me laugh is that they had a different sponsor every week and put they put the name of that sponsor in the title of the show. So like, for example, the Taco Bell Dana Carvey show. <laughs> <laughs> Another one was the Mountain Dew Dana Carvey show. <laughs> I think the problem with this show maybe was it was a little bit ahead of its time because watching that mm-hmm. some of those sketches now mm-hmm. i think it would kill maybe people just took themselves too seriously maybe so in the 90s and they just weren't i just don't think people were ready for it one of the skits that i didn't know anything about until watching this documentary was the two guys so it was steve i think it was steve carell and dana carvey they were friends and they would pull so-called pranks so, like, they would go to the movie theater and buy tickets, give them the money, and before they could get the tickets, they would run away and laugh their asses off because <laughs> they thought, we really stuck it to that guy just now. Or, like, they were always hurting themselves. Yeah. But they thought it was hilarious. They were like, oh, we just pulled a prank on that guy. Sick burn. <laughs> there were so many of those. And yeah. they, they were talking about how that just people did not they didn't get, get it. Get that. They were like, "That is so stupid." Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. That is more of like the humor today. Yeah, I just think it was too soon. Yeah, and why? I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. When did The Office come out? It was early two thousands. Mm-hmm. I feel like The Office was the turning point for today's humor. I think you're right. Where you didn't have to have a laugh track to tell you when to laugh. Very different show. And it was more of this awkward, uncomfortable humor Mm -hmm. that's very low-key. Yeah. Very subtle. Very subtle. No overacting. Yeah, I think it's very understated. It's very um, slice of life. Yeah. And you have to just watch it and really pay attention and be able to laugh at what you can relate to yes that's what remember when laura s used to say it was really funny until she got a job in that same kind of situation and then it wasn't funny anymore (laughs) same for me i mean you can still get a kick out of it Mm -hmm. because you recognize those people Mm -hmm. oh that's the person who always eats everybody's lunch out of the fridge or that's the person who talks about their cats all the time or or grows mung beans in their desk correct That's the boss who thinks he's super cool and the best boss ever. Mm, The Office. 
My sources for that search were IMDb and then the documentary itself, which is on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. I do too. That was a good um, documentary. It was actually really funny. I mean, it was sad because you, you know, it's too bad that that show didn't make it. Yeah. But it was all that they interviewed all those guys. And so yeah. it was hilarious. It just, just shows you that show business is very fickle. Mm-hmm. It's very political. And creative pursuits like that, it's, it is all about timing. Yeah, it totally is. It's like you can have the best idea. You can be a brilliant person. You could write the best book. But if the public, your audience, isn't ready for that book, mm-hmm. then it's not going to do anything. Can you imagine all those guys coming together now and going to ABC and saying, hey, we want to do a sketch comedy show? <laughs> Well, they'd be really freaked out by Phil Hartman. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Too soon. Oh, man. I loved him in talk radio. (laughs) Oh, me too. He was... That show was... Mm. So good. My final search... Yes. ...is humus. Yes. Tell me. Not to be confused with the hummus that I will be taking to my brother's house tonight for our Christmas get-together. Humus is dark organic material that forms in soil when plant and animal matter decays. When plants drop leaves, twigs, and other material to the ground, it piles up. This matter is called leaf litter. When animals die, their remains add to the litter. Britannica defines it as non-living Finely divided organic matter and soil derived from microbial decomposition of plant and animal substances. It ranges in color from brown to black, consists of about 60% carbon, 6% nitrogen, and smaller amounts of phosphorus and sulfur. As humus decomposes, its components are changed into forms usable by plants, and it comes from the Latin meaning earth. Oh. Also, humble comes from the same Latin derivative. Oh, that's interesting. Which makes sense, like salt of the earth. Sure. Humble. Mm-hmm. Again, this was another word from a book, because I apparently have the vocabulary of a child. <laughs> and I come across a lot of words that I don't know. But that's good. You're continuing your lifelong learning. That's right. And I look it up, because that's what I learned in high school and college. If you, you don't, don't know a word, look it look up. Look it up. Which sounds like duh, but a lot of people really do just skip over words I that know. they don't know. That's so dumb. <laughs> if you're one of those people, stop it. Yeah, look, look, look your it stuff up. up. My sources were National Geographic Society and Merriam-Webster and Britannica. Okay. Well, that's the end of your searches. That's the end of my searches. But what about this one? <laughs> What about it? This is a quick listing of our other searches from the past week that we didn't have time to discuss in this episode, but could possibly cover in a future bonus episode. We don't do that. If we can ever manage to do bonus episodes, which (laughs) are hard because it takes right now, it takes everything I've got just to get one out the door. One. Yep. One. I have to quit my job, which I'm okay with if anybody would like to sponsor us. Sponsor us. Make us some merch. Merch is the way to go. Heck yeah. That's what I've been told. Okay. My list of search things that did not make the cut Mm -hmm. are automatic tire inflator, 
Rachel Griffiths slash Francis Conroy. My cause, my cleats. Thursday night football schedule. Vitrine. What are your non-worthy terms? Here we go. Dolly Parton halftime show. Watched it. Loved it. Golden Girls Lego set. Never could find it. What? Yep. I don't know where you found that. I can't find it anywhere. The Chubb O'Reilly Breast Center. Got my boobs squeezed oh, this week. Mm. Not squeezed. Squished. Squished. Saturday Night Live holiday album, Michael Buble duets. Do you remember that skit? Oh, my <laughs> yes. gosh. I look it up every year. And then I was like, how old is Michael Buble? So Michael Buble age. Uh-huh. Baked ziti recipe. Mm. Packers injury report. Oh. And four, seven, eight breathing technique. Oh, yeah. It works. It's so good. If anybody has anxiety or they feel anxious or they're having trouble falling asleep, check out four, seven, eight breathing technique. Yep. It absolutely works. Yep. Breathe in for four seconds. Hold it for seven. Blow out for eight. Blow out for eight. And do it. You might get lightheaded, so make sure you're sitting down or laying down when you do this. Right. But you can do it however many times. Mm -hmm. This week I used it just because it was a horrible week. Mm -hmm. And um, there were a couple times where I was like, oh my gosh, I need to, I can feel the anxiety just kind of starting to Uh ramp up a little Uh bit. And it just, you guys, it just works. It does. Breathe in through your nose so you get good oxygen rich air. Through your nose, and then you can breathe out through your mouth. Yeah. But I do it all nose. Oh, I don't. My eight is out through the mouth. I do a big old... (sighs) See, I feel like I can't get the breath out fully through my nose. I'm going to open up my cake hole and really (laughs) push it out. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) It's a great strategy. Do you have any shout-outs? I do have a quick one. Hopper sent me a search list for this week. Oh, good. I have a search list from Lil Pay. All right. All right. Hopper search history. Half-baked harvest eating disorder. Okay. Walmart, Rolla, Missouri. Little Big Farm documentary, which I really want to see. Roman Empire trend. (laughs) Pizza house menu. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Mother God cause of death. Possum ornaments and French 75 recipe. I don't know what most of that means. I know. I had to look up several of them. It's like a collection of words that make no sense to me, to my brain. Here's the funny part. She sent it to me while I was in my car. And so my car read. Oh, my gosh. Read the list to me. I love when the car reads the texts. Hopper sent you a sent you a text message half big harvest eating disorder walmart roll a big little div- and i mean it just was i was laughing it was so just a string of hard words. and it was just like i was a traffic light and it made me laugh and laugh and laugh <laughs> okay uh peyton's list this week is very royal centric oh philippe the first duke of orleans we talked about him louis philippe Last week. Cute pajama pants. Men. (laughs) Catherine of Aragon, Queen of England. Queen's born on January 7th. Okay. What's January 7th? His birthday. Oh. (laughs) I always get his birthday and Jackie's mixed up. 
I always... Oh, really? I, I can't keep it straight in my head, and I don't know why. I don't know either. Okay, that makes more sense. Go ahead. King Louis the Fourteenth, Or XIV. Okay. <laughs> Eleanor of Aquitaine, Queen. Kate Middleton. <laughs> Future Queen. Maybe. Why was it so royalty heavy? I don't know. And then he does have some um, redactions here. So I let's I, hear those. Well, I don't know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could. Carol, it's the time of the show where we ask people to rate and review us. Please subscribe. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Yes. Engage with us on social media. Oh yes, at DTH Gals on Instagram and Twitter. And delete this history on Facebook. Yes, ma'am. And delete this history podcast at gmail.com. Yes, email us anything you Please. want. We're like your grandmas waiting oh, for a letter. We wish we could hear from you. By the mailbox. We miss you. Yes. <laughs> we do. But while I'm waiting for your email, I'm going to go and delete my history. Oh, you know what? I think I'll do the same thing. Okay. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Bye, everybody. Bye. Delete This History is created, written, hosted, produced, and edited by Bria Brown and Kara Birch. Theme music is So Good by Orcas. Email us at deletethishistorypodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at DTHGals. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved. Christmas cheer provided by Spiked Eggnog. Increased sugar intake. And cheesy movies. movies.